Hello, I'm Aaron Lohr. And I'm Caitlin Andrzejczyk. And this is the Endocrine News Podcast. Thank you for downloading this podcast, a free service of the Endocrine Society. In this episode, we talk about the relationship between obesity and breast cancer with Christy Brown, Assistant Professor of Biochemistry and Medicine at Weill Cornell Medicine, and Priya Bardwaj, a PhD student also at Weill Cornell. They performed research correlating obesity with DNA damage in the breast epithelium of BRCA mutation carriers, as well as investigating potential connections with adipose inflammation and elevated aromatase expression. They presented their findings at the Endocrine Society's annual meeting in Chicago. Also, Caitlin will have a research update and our trivia question. Stay tuned. Today's interview discusses the relationship between obesity, inflammation, and DNA damage in BRCA mutation carriers. If you are interested in learning more about recent research on obesity, check out the Endocrine Society's latest thematic collection of articles from JCEM, Endocrinology, our open access Journal of the Endocrine Society, and Endocrine Reviews. Go to www.endocrine.org podcast to find this episode and a link to this thematic collection. Clinically relevant articles in this collection examine mutations implicated in early-onset obesity and the role of the gut microbiome in the development of obesity. Additional papers examine the placental lipid metabolism in pregnant obese women to better understand the impact of obesity on pregnancies and discuss how testosterone treatments may benefit body composition and weight loss in obese men who have reduced testosterone levels. Basic science articles provide new insight into the role of leptin dopamine neuronal signaling and examine how nuclear receptors signal commitment to adipose cell lineages. Further studies demonstrate that lipolysis may be a key factor in glucocorticoid-induced metabolic dysfunction, and prenatal exposure to the endocrine disruptor, BPA, alters gene regulation in white adipose tissue. There are several review articles in this collection as well. Two of these evaluate the relationship between the gut microbiome and obesity, and the pathophysiology of obesity in type 1 diabetes. Two scientific statements on the science of obesity management and obesity pathogenesis are included, as well as a clinical practice guideline on pediatric obesity and its companion review of obesity interventions. All of the articles in this collection are free to download. Since our focus today has been on obesity and its health implications, here is my trivia question. How much weight loss is necessary to improve health problems associated with obesity? I will have the answer for you at the end of the interview. Now our interview with Dr. Christy Brown and Priya Bardwaj, both from Weill Cornell Medicine in New York City. Their research on obesity, BRCA mutation carriers, dysfunctional adipose tissue, and aromatase was presented during the Endocrine Society's annual meeting in Chicago. We spoke with them there. What do we know about the relationship between obesity and breast cancer? Well, obesity has been associated with many cancers. Uh, There's strong evidence to link it to the development of 13 cancers. And in the context of breast cancer, there's a strong association with uh, the development of postmenopausal breast cancer. 
What's interesting is that BRCA mutation carriers who have a deficiency in DNA repair also have increased penetrance of breast cancer when they're obese. So it seems that we've known that obesity is a risk factor for breast cancer, and you explained that um, just now, but maybe we don't have a great idea about the mechanism underlying this relationship. Can you tell us a little bit about what we know about the mechanism now? So it's been hypothesized that a number of factors that are elevated or altered in obesity can cause an increased growth of cancer cells. That's well known. But until now, uh, it's not well established whether obesity can actually cause cancer. So we hypothesize that obesity via effects on DNA damage might be able to cause changes to the DNA of cells that can lead to tumor formation. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the method? So we heard the hypothesis, and now we want to see, you know, is there something to it? So what did you do? Um, so to measure DNA damage, we first utilized tissue microarrays from BRCA mutation carriers. So tissue microarrays are paraffin sections that have been obtained from um, BRCA mutation carriers from the breast, the normal breast tissue. And so we um, utilized the sections and then conducted gamma H2AX staining. So gamma H2AX is a marker for DNA damage. So when you stain the, the histology sections with gamma H2X by immunofluorescence, you can then quantify the number of foci of gamma H2X and the normal epithelial cells in, within the breast, and then determine how many, the level of DNA damage in association with obesity or with other factors. And so what did you find after performing the gamma H2X analyses? So we found that in association with increasing BMI, there was more DNA damage in the breast epithelial cells in the BRCA mutation carriers. And then we looked at whether the increase in DNA damage was also associated with other factors that are elevated in obesity, such as aromatase and white adipose tissue inflammation. So the, these factors are important since aromatase is a rate-limiting enzyme for estrogen biosynthesis, which has been shown to be in, elevated in um, obese individuals. And so we found that with increasing levels of aromatase, there was also more DNA damage in breast epithelial cells. So there's a positive correlation between aromatase and DNA damage in the BRCA mutation carriers. And we also found this to be true with white adipose tissue inflammation and DNA damage in breast epithelial cells. So it seems that... So with your results, do you foresee these leaning towards some new interventions or therapeutic targets where we can, you know, maybe help some folks not have to go through this sort of damage? Another interesting aspect of the study was looking at the effect of uh, high-fat feeding in a mouse model of obesity. So in that case, we looked at whether feeding mice a high-fat diet was able to cause the DNA damage similar to what we were seeing in clinical samples, and indeed it did. The reason I'm saying it that is that we also looked at the effect of caloric restriction in this model. So once the mice were obese, uh, putting them on a calorie-reduced diet was actually able to mitigate the effects of uh, high-fat feeding mm -hmm. in the mice. So this suggests to us that you know an intervention aimed at reducing weight or potentially, as Prius mentioned, um, reducing aromatase or uh, white adipose tissue inflammation might uh, have an effect on DNA damage and as a consequence might be a good uh, way to prevent the development of cancer. I guess something that's a little bit more convincing and, and probably more of a sure thing is maintaining a healthy weight throughout life. And this would be consistent with the findings in BRCA mutation carriers, showing that you know maintaining a healthy life is associated with decreased penetrance. And the decrease in DNA damage, what might be one mechanism whereby that happens? And also, if that damage begins, that it's not necessarily too late. There are still some interventions that could help. 
Yeah, I think there's some evidence that that might be true. But I think that's one of the areas that remains um, to be studied and to be further characterized. What do you see as the, the next steps? Where is the logical next place to go now that we've sort of had this discovery moment? Uh, well, I think one of the things we're really interested in now is to determine which factors in obesity might be causing DNA damage. So what we've shown in this study is that obesity is associated with DNA damage, but we don't actually know what is driving DNA damage in obesity. So right now what we're working on is utilizing breast tissue from humans and figuring out what factors are elevated in the obese breast adipose tissue compared to the lean breast adipose tissue, and can these factors stimulate DNA damage. Can you tell us a little bit about the dietary interventions that are necessary to decrease the amount of DNA damage? Um, well, so in our mouse model, we used a 30% calorie restriction. So this, it, this amount of calorie restriction didn't result in a normalization of weight for the mice. The mice were still obese, but they weighed a little bit less than what they started with at the end of the study. But what was interesting was that this amount of weight loss was sufficient to decrease DNA damage. So I don't think a huge amount of weight loss or dramatic weight loss is necessary, at least in our mouse model is what it the studies are indicating that we wouldn't need to do anything dramatic, and there might be a behavioral intervention like a slight weight loss or calorie restriction or dieting that might be beneficial. So in this case, even a small change can make a big difference. In our mouse model, that's what the data is looking like. So we've been talking about next steps and what the future might hold and what future studies might be needed. Are there any other future studies that you think will be important to, to look at? It's important for us to understand whether that increased DNA damage actually leads to tumor formation in these women. Uh, so future prospective studies will be necessary for us to be able to examine that link in particular. Well, Dr. Brown and Priya, we want to thank you so much for sharing your research with us. We look forward to seeing where it takes you, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Earlier in this episode, I asked... How much weight loss is necessary to improve health problems associated with obesity? The answer is that losing as little as 5 to 10% of one's body weight can significantly improve health problems associated with obesity, including diabetes and high blood pressure. It does seem that a little weight loss can really go a long way towards improving health outcomes. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Endocrine News Podcast. To learn more, visit www.endocrine.org slash podcast. There you can find this episode and some helpful links. Don't forget to let us know what you want to hear on the podcast. Write to us at podcast at endocrine.org. You can subscribe to Endocrine News Podcasts on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Good reviews help make the podcast easier to find when new listeners search. Thanks again for listening. Endocrine News Podcasts are a free service of the Endocrine Society. To learn more or to become a member, visit the Society's website at www.endocrine.org.